You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, so happy you join us for another round of ENM subtype shorts podcast today. This is so cool that we get to walk through each of the subtypes, add in a marriage relationship descriptor layering, and hopefully send you on your way to a little bit healthier every single time you take a listen. So thank you again for investing in you, for listening, and all of the above. Make sure if you need more information on type seven that you check out our other seven episodes, and then also make sure sure that you check out our deeper dive on PDF at enneagramandmarriage.com if you really want to explore other facets of the seven. But for starters, we're going to just mention that the type seven is known as generally the encourager, the enthusiast, somebody who is really excited about life and joyful when they come out of their, I'm going to say lair or their, their kind of like cabin of sorts in their heads because they're just like the other two people in the planning triad, fives and sixes, really in their heads a lot and they can struggle with anxiety and fear and it can be quite a big task just to be a seven or inside a seven's head and I know this as a seven and that can all come out in great ways in a marriage or these harder ways when you start to realize oh gosh like I'm falling into myself I'm imploding I have to find my ways to cope so like I said listen for lots of deeper dives on seven but today I'm going to give some tips for each of the three subtypes of the seven because we often come out of our relationships not with just like I said being maybe doing a lot or overdoing or being somebody who's encouraging and enthusiastic but sometimes we actually really are working from instincts too. Some of us are self-preserving, some of us are social, and some of us lead with a more one-to-one display of just our our whole survival mechanism. So we're going to go over those and I'm going to let you know that for the type seven, what I really like to refer to the self-pres seven, which is normally called opportunity. And you can learn more about that from B. Chestnut's group. I call the relationship descriptor for self-pres seven illustrious because the seven really finds safety through opportunities that support their survival. And they really want to be shining out there. They really love to get what they want by making sure that every single person around them is happy because they truly feel joy when they present with joy to others. So it's ironic sometimes that they have to, and I know this being one, pull from a well of just blah to give to others so that others can be happy so that they can be happy. Because there's this fear of the seven that if they have to deal with people's negative emotions, that it won't be doable. It's like, that's too much. I'm already working on survival. So if I can just make sure everybody is happy, I'll be okay. I can kind of go back, walk back into my little hole and keep doing whatever I was doing for self-soothing, researching. And yet, and there's an important yet there because we don't want to overly put somebody into a box. There's a lot of natural and good and healthy joy that also comes from that space too, to be able to say, oh my gosh, I love seeing people happy. I love encouraging people. It just brings me joy. And it isn't what people say, 
really trying to take their emotions and put them inside. It's just more of a, it is a joyful experience to share the number one gift of the seven, which is joy. And then it also just gives them a little space to pursue their own self-soothing. So it isn't that they're trying to take other people's emotions. It's that they're truly just trying to go back to self-soothing because emotions are scary. And usually they had to learn as children to do things their own way. Now, the social seven is often called sacrifice, and I call this one, it's the counter type of seven, frenzy, because it's fun. It's like a fine frenzy. I love that band, and I really love this seven, too, because they're just doing a lot out there, and it's a lot of melody and fun and just gorgeous, shining, beaming out there for the world to see, and we all appreciate it and love it and are so grateful for it, and yet, of course, when the Pied Piper calls them and they're running, sometimes there's a trail of tears behind because they're not facing those emotions just like every seven or they may be having so many things going on that there's not a whole lot left for actually executing things properly or they're not necessarily grounded. And so this seven does a really good job when they just say like, you know what, like every other person out there, I have to commit and I have to find my way, even go to that place of sobriety. And it's a great space for this seven to be able to say like, I am shining out there and I am doing my thing, but I'm also paying attention just like the self-pres seven needs to pay attention to other things besides just kind of coming back to their hole. Um, This, I'm thinking hobbit hole, this seven needs to think about other things besides just trailblazing and, you know, the shooting star aspect, but just, hey, like, let's just be in the mess together sometimes. Let's be bored sometimes together. And also let's just dig our heels in and really try to finish things well and even set some margin around things. Because of course, the seven being the counter type isn't quite as concerned with just that self-fulfillment as they are making sure that they're dreams are fulfilled and that others' dreams are fulfilled. And so it's very kind and unselfish, but there's still an element of we're all as sevens trying to use gluttony to get through those feelings and we've got to just face them. All right. So the last seven I want to talk to you guys about today is the sexual seven. And a lot of people think of this seven as suggestibility and I think of this relationship descriptor as reverie because I also understand that the seven has a lot of intellect, but sometimes the dreams are so big and similar to the social seven having dreams or the self-pres seven wanting to make relationships safer. This seven really also wants to do both of those things, but they have the biggest dreams that it's all going to be so perfect and they're idealists and they know what the world could look like and they will not only work themselves to get this to happen, but they're very charming. And so they also can get other people to be part of these projects and dreams as well and attune to the hearts of others. But sometimes people feel like this seven is their best friend when really they have a lot of best friends. And I think that can happen with most sevens also anyway. But just to kind of separate it out a little bit, if you're struggling with this or if you have a spouse or partner who is, this one really does well to have boundaries and to be able to say, you know what, like I am in my dreams and I do like getting other people to help me to make them happen because I believe this is what's going to really help the world to shine brighter. It's also great to just say, you know what, like sitting in the grief, sitting in 
the times alone sitting with just my partner and not a ton of relationships that are really all heavy one-to-one building dreams with each one is going to help me in the long run to have deeper, richer, more beautiful life together. Honestly, I was reading Lord of the Rings recently, don't judge. And there was a part in the book that talked about how a lot of people are not very good at follow through with their dreams. And they were saying men are not good at follow through, but um, compared to others like elves and dwarves who follow through, who take their time, um, it's just a good reminder for this seven to be on the ground, to be with their people that they've committed to, even if it's not always exciting and there's not always a ride. It's just life and it can be bland and that's okay. And it's also good for this seven to be humbled in that way and to realize you are lovable even when you're not shining brightly. And that is hard for any seven because we do get laud for shining brightly, but it is also very peaceful. And there's a lot of solace in just coming back to realizing that the people who really love them, love them for their soul and want to see them thrive and don't want to see them be that star that burns out quickly, but to really last and balance and know how to commit. So instead of just the reveries, it's commitment commitments, its boundaries, and its sobriety. So I hope this has been helpful as we process all the sevens. I hope this gives you some food for thought as you are processing your relationships with me today and just coming back to the mattresses of your life and saying, what's one thing I will do as a result of this podcast to bring something healthy back to my life, whether it be boundaries or maybe coming back to fewer relationships that are deeper or taking some time to sit in my emotions on a daily basis with God, with myself, coming clean to people that I also have moods sometimes. Um, That is not a problem for me. Recently, one of my daughter's friends told her I was a mood and I was like, you know what? Yes, I am. I totally admit it. Like she probably knows and sees me sometimes not being super happy all the time. And that's okay because we all have a variety of spaces. And I think that's healthy. And I think that we need to own that. But also I think that it's always going to be something I come back to is the joy. So I hope that's you too, that no matter what, I always know that's there. And it's a wonderful part of my life that I will also cling to. But I'm also now just okay with people being like, ah, you know what? Like, she's normal or she doesn't have a smile on her face. So be courageous with me. Understand that you're worth lots of feelings, varieties, and there's a time for joy and laughter as well as a time for you to take yourself seriously and have a wonderful day because sevens are great at wonder, but they're also great at just making sure that even a wonderful day might have tears. So blessings as you try all this on. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.